What's the status, Rex? Quiet for now, sir. They're gearing up for another assault. Who's the youngling? I'm Master Skywalker's Padawan. The name's Ahsoka Tano. So I thought you said you'd never have a Padawan. There's been a mix-up. The youngling isn't with me. Stop calling me that. You're stuck with me, Sky Guy. <laughs> what did you just call me? <laughs> don't get snippy with me, little one. You know, I don't even think you're old enough to be a Padawan. Well, maybe I'm not. But Master Yoda thinks I am. Well, you're not with Master Yoda now. So if you're ready, you better start proving it. Captain Rex will show you how a little respect can go a long way. Greetings, Bucketheads, Mevar Tigar. Welcome to the 25th Ahsoka-packed episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Happy New Year! Welcome, this is the first episode of 2021, and it feels just like 2020 did. Wow, wow, wow. Alright, remember the best way to reach out to this program is via social media. We are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, if possible or so inclined. Please give us those five-star reviews if you're following along on Apple Podcasts. They go a really long way to getting the word out about what we do over here on MandoVision and, and, and our deep, profound love and respect for Star Wars and all that it encompasses. Uh, also, please check out our network website, 3bzine.com, where you will find all the shows of the 3bzine network of podcasts, such as Beer Night in San Diego, the TomCast Popcast, a pop culture podcast, and this fine show, MandoVision, focused on the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Star Wars galaxy. Hey, it's time to strap on your buckets because we're kicking off 2021 by gonna going back in time. So I'll say it again. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. Don't worry, Anakin. Just teach her everything I taught you and she'll turn out fine. You know... Something makes me think this was your idea from the start. Let's just hope Anakin is ready for this responsibility. Ready he is to teach an apprentice. To let go of his pupil. A greater challenge it will be. Master this. Skywalker must. Alright, so as I teased on the concluding episode for 2020, on our last Bantha Tracks episode that we did, episode 24, obviously... <laughs> I alluded to the fact that we were going to go back in time. We were going to revisit Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the animated series that uh, introduced so many of the wonderful elements that are now a, a big part of The Mandalorian on Disney+. And it should be a really, really uh, interesting look back. Uh, I've, I've revisited The Clone Wars several times over the years, in the over the intervening years. Uh, never, never a straight run-through like we're going to do here. Uh, I usually just pick and choose like my favorite episodes and go back and watch those. Uh, but we're gonna go, like I said, we're gonna go back from the start with Star Wars: The Clone Wars from the from the movie all the way up to the final episodes that just aired this past year on Disney Plus, and then hopefully we'll also transition into Star Wars Rebels as well. And maybe 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 by then we'll get to at some point Mandalorian. I'm sorry, sorry excuse me, not the Mandalorian. Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett will be on. Whether we get all of our shows done before that, I don't know. But, hey, we need Star Wars content to talk about all year long. So, 
hey, we'll just see how it goes. But don't worry, we're never going to stop this. We're going to keep going with this because, again, there's so many vital elements that play into The Mandalorian uh, that, that come from this series. And not just for The Mandalorian's sake, but, I mean, for the Star Wars mythology overall, The, uh, the Clone Wars is, is a wonderful animated series that does so much to enrich in to in, 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 enrich, excuse me, a, a, a very important period of the Skywalker mythology, particularly with Anakin's, obviously. Uh, because this movie, the, uh, not just the movie, excuse me, not just the movie, but the entire series, uh, does so much to to make Anakin's character uh, far more interesting than what we got to see in the movies. So, so let's kind of go back in time a little bit to the time of the prequels. I was, uh, of, I was in my 20s, so I, I was happy to stand in line and, and wait for the movie to come out. Midnight screenings back at uh, back at the Regal Cinemas in Rockville, Maryland uh, for, for many of these. Actually, I think all three. I think. I might have seen Revenge of the Sith out, out here in California. I can't quite remember the timeline. Uh, uh, but regardless, the, the, the prequels were, uh, you know, I think for the most part they were uh, not exactly what a lot of old-time fans the longtime fans had expected, but in, in an entire new generation grew up with those movies. And uh, there there is there is a good story within the prequel series between episodes one, two, and three. Uh, you know, if you want to get critical of the prequel films, sure you can do that. You can you can kind of knock some of the dialogue, some of the scripting. The, the there's some pacing issues, some acting. There's a whole thing. You can do the whole thing, and and. I, I admit that as a staunch defender of of the prequel series because uh, because there is a great story in there. It just kind of gets muddied and lost. And I don't like to do that thing where where someone goes on a podcast and 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 says, "Well, this is what they should have done." But um, I, I again, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Is what I'm saying. But it's very easy to look at at, at some of the things they could have done differently. Uh, and I think one of the things that would have been nice to explore more fully was this period of the Clone Wars in one of the films. Because, you know, think back to Episode 4 when we first saw Episode 4 and, you know, Obi-Wan is telling Luke about his father, how he's the a, the best star pilot in the galaxy and, and a cunning warrior and his best friend. And, you know, we don't... We only get glimpses of that in the prequel series. And I think that's probably the, 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 the biggest... Or the most unfortunate part of of the prequels you know you get anakin's uh introduction slash origin in episode one where he's a little kid then we go to the beginning of the clone wars with episode two attack of the clones uh and then in episode three revenge of the sith we're at the end of the clone wars now it's very likely very possible i think he's even said it in the past like lucas kind of had designs on doing this series this way to tell more of anakin's story um but they also learned a lot at the same time, from the prequels and 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 their attempt to make new characters that longtime fans uh, butted up against, and and you know again the prequels at, at the time of release were much maligned. I think I think people have, uh, I think a lot of people have come around on them, especially as the younger generation who grew up with them, uh, and, and and embraced them when they were kids have have brought that joy with them into their adulthood and, and have kind of helped convince people that, you know, these are much better than you think they are. You're just, you're just putting your old man business, your old person business on here. So it's not fair. And I think, uh, I think the biggest representation of that and the new characters who, uh, got 
begins to be targeted by longtime fans like Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar just took the brunt of everyone's anger over the prequels. He was like the the easy target, I suppose, because yeah, you weren't gonna you weren't gonna take shots at Obi Wan. You weren't you weren't gonna do that. Um, but regardless, the Clone Wars animated series came to be because there's this huge period of 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 Star Wars mythology that wasn't being depicted in a film. And, and so this, this series came to life uh, as, as a way to explore more of the things that we didn't get to see from the movies. I also want to take a minute real quick before we get into Star Wars The Clone Wars, the animated film that kicked off the series. I do want to uh, uh, put a shout out out there to the, uh, the first Clone Wars animated series, the one... Uh, written and, and, and drawn by uh, by by, by Tartar, Tartar, Tartakovsky, I think I said that correctly, the creator of Samurai Jack, who did a wonderful uh, series of, of, of I, think they, I think they considered a micro-series uh, that depicted battles of the Clone Wars in, in a very much more traditional 2D animation style. And, and I don't know if those are available to watch on Disney Plus or anything like that, but uh, if you get a chance to find them, I think... At the very least, you can watch them on YouTube, or at least clips of them on YouTube. Uh, really fun show to watch and check out. Not as uh, as as um, important to the mythology as as this series from Dave Filoni and George Lucas would be, but uh, uh, again, an interesting part of Star Wars canon, Star Wars uh, mythology, and, and it's just kind of fun. The Genny does a really good job of having uh, Jedi just being total kick-ass super warrior dudes it's pretty fun it's a pretty fun series so check it out if you have not checked it out in the past all right so let, let's get back into the back into uh, uh sort of the what kicked off star wars the clone wars was this movie star wars the clone wars the movie it's basically the it's basically four episodes uh linked together we get you know as you open the movie you kind of you don't get the traditional uh scroll or anything like that you get sort of a uh like an opening newsreel sort of setup, which kind of becomes one of the signatures of the show from episode to episode, kind of like re- catching you up on uh, the events of the war and where we, why, why and where we find our characters before the episode begins in full. Uh, what we don't get in, in this movie that became a staple of the show is sort of like uh, what, what, what are considered to be like the Jedi fortune cookies, where they dispense like these words of wisdom uh, that, that thematically link with the episode. That does not come out in in this movie. So, two two elements of, of of Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and what it brings to the canon, I suppose. I don't. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say on that. <laughs> Again, I like that newsreel footage thing. I think it's really cool. But I did kind of miss when when I revisited this. Uh, I did sort of miss the, uh, the those Jedi little fortune cookies that you get at the beginning of each episode. Uh, I should I should actually pause before I get too deep on on onto this this sort of recapping of the movie because this is going to be a very different recap than I than I uh, would normally do like like I've done for the Mandalorian episodes uh, because you know I just there's there's I don't know if I have a whole heck of a lot to say here on this movie as far as like a deep revelatory information um but definitely I mean listen there's stuff to talk about. Don't get me wrong, but there's not uh, a ton of, of, ooh, that thing back there, that's a reference to so-and-so. You know, there's not a lot of Easter eggy sort of stuff going on here. It's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the plot in a minute, but I, I did want to kind of put a pin in something real quick because I, as, as I was 
prepping for this episode as I was doing my research and, and rewatching the movie and, and going through uh, some information on the internet, uh, two things popped out to me that I, I would love help from from this wonderful audience. If you know, if you know who my who who, who I should trust, so I pulled up Star Wars: The Clone Wars on Disney Plus to watch it. It lists the movie as a 2007 release. Now, when I looked at the information on IMDb, it lists it as a 2008. I believe it even tags it as coming out like something like August 8th or August 15th, 2008. This is um, an interesting dilemma because depending on which year is correct, and I tend to trust the IMDb database because, yeah, it says, yeah, August 15th, 2008. This changes my recollection of seeing this in theaters quite dramatically because I believe in 2007 and in 2008, I was in two different places. And so my memory of seeing this, I remember seeing this in theaters, I should say, but my recollection of who I saw it with and in what theater and in what state I was in is a complete blur. So if my brother's out there, let me know if we watch this together. My recollection is that I watched this with my brother, but I also am recollecting that we watched this in Simi Valley, which I don't think is possible because none of us lived in Simi Valley in 2008. So, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> is it possible I saw this on the East Coast? Entirely possible I saw this on the East Coast. So, uh, you know, perhaps I have some some form of long-term uh, hibernation sickness. I guess that's entirely possible. I just don't know. Anyways, that's a nice little tidbit for y'all about about my uh, my viewing experience watching The Clone Wars. But I remember coming out of that theater and uh, with... Um, with with a very mixed reaction to it, and and I, um, I I don't think I'm gonna be making a shocking statement here because I think a lot of my reaction was what a lot of fans in in my age bracket felt. We all liked the depictions of Anakin, and Obi Wan, and Yoda, and the clone troopers. We did not care for Ahsoka Tano, which um, seemed to be the opposite of what they were going for. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Before we do that, though, I do want to give love to the cre- to the cast, to the credits. All right. So remember, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, directed by Dave Filoni, who we now is now the the beloved Dave Filoni. This is written by Henry Gilroy, Henry Gilroy, Stephen uh, Melching, and Scott Murphy are the credited screenwriters. It runs at an hour and thirty eight minutes. Again, you can watch this on Disney Plus. I believe it's also available on Amazon at the moment, though that might just be for purchase. Not entirely sure. Your voice cast as Anakin Skywalker, Matt Lantern. As Ahsoka Tano, Ashley Eckstein, Eckstein, excuse me. As Obi Wan Kenobi, you have James Arnold Taylor, D. Bradley Baker is the voice of the clone troopers and Captain Rex and Captain Cody and every other clone. Tom Kane steps in as Yoda and Admiral Yalaren. Nika Futterman is Asajj Ventress. Ian Abercrombie, Mister Pitt himself, is Chancellor Palpatine slash Darth Sidious. You have uh, Corey Burton as Zero the Hut, Catherine Tabor as Padme Amidala, Matthew Wood. Does the voice of the battle droids, Matthew Wood, who we just saw returning to the role of Bib Fortuna in that stinger at the end of this past season of The Mandalorian. Interesting. You have Kevin Michael Richardson as Jabba the Hutt, David Accord as Rota the Hutlet, Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu, Anthony Daniels reprises C-3PO, and Christopher Lee returns to do the voice of Count Dooku. So you get a little bit of a mix of that prequel cast with a new cast who is going to move forward and, and, and be the sort of the main cast of the animated series. 
Now, Mace, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Mace. Samuel Jackson does not stick around uh, uh, to, to voice Mace for the remainder of the series. Uh, I don't remember exactly when he left or if he just did the movie. So that'll be something we talk about on the next episode that features Mace Windu, at least. Maybe not the next, next episode, but you know what I mean. So this is an interesting movie. Let's, let's kind of get into the movie now. Let's get into it proper. I've been jumping around. I apologize. My notes are a mess. My brain is askew. Oh, boy. Like I said, I sort of had a hard time deciding what the format was going to be for this particular episode because I didn't know if I had a lot... I have a lot to say about this movie, but I wasn't sure the best way to present what I wanted to discuss because, again, when I watched this movie the first time, I, I distinctly remembered not being wowed by it. But on subsequent reviewings, uh, particularly since uh, Rebels had come out, you know, when I would go back and watch this movie again, it was a very different experience because I knew where the show was going. I knew where the characters were going. And so I actually have a much better time watching this movie now than when it first came out, which I think is a testament to the the character arcs and the character development that happened in this movie. But particularly, or I'm sorry, over the course of the series, not in the movie. I remember I came out of the movie theater not a fan of Ahsoka Tano, and I was not alone. And it sort of seems like that was an intentional thing. Dave Filoni has talked about how, uh, you know, one of the th lessons they learned from the prequels. Now, remember, Dave Filoni was not involved in the prequels. But one of the lessons Lucas learned was that trying to create characters for fans to like doesn't always go the way you want it to go. Uh, and I, I think I once again refer to, to Jar Jar Binks. And, and, and so they wanted to sort of be able to control the narrative. And according to, to Dave Filoni, they knew that the audience was going to have a negative reaction to Ahsoka Tano uh, because of her, her sort of arrogance, her, her flippancy, her flippancy, flippancy, her, her sort of um, cavalier attitude, her sort of casual disrespect to, to, to Anakin. Uh, you know, we heard it in that one clip calling him Sky Guy. I hated the Sky Guy thing. I cannot lie. I hated the Sky Guy thing. The Sky Guy and Snips thing, I was... Oof, that I did not like that. It did not work for me. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's one of the things that still kind of bugs me, even going back. Even though, even now that I am fully immersed in in love for Ahsoka Tano, I still go back and I hate the Sky Guy thing more than anything. Oof, it's not good. Um, excuse, but going back to to the the intentions here, uh, Filoni and Lucas, they they sort of they they played a game with with the audience, knowing that we would have strong feelings in the negative light of Ahsoka Tano, but also knowing what was coming ahead for her. You know, character development is what changes that character. It, it wasn't some sort of sudden reversal where we, all of a sudden, one act changes our opinions of Ahsoka and redeems her in all of our eyes. No, no, no. It's a very gradual thing, and that's going to be part of the part of the fun of going back over Star Wars The Clone Wars is, is going to be pinpointing those sort of uh, key moments in in Ahsoka's development as a as a as a uh, as a, as a Padawan as a, as a Jedi, uh, what turns her into the fan favorite character that she is now because it didn't start that way, um, and you know perhaps if there's anyone in the in the listening audience who is younger than than me, which is not hard because I'm very very old, uh, perhaps you felt differently with Ahsoka 
when you first saw her in Star Wars The Clone Wars, if this was sort of your first experience and you kind of grew up with Ahsoka and you kind of went on the journey with her. Maybe you were with her from the beginning, but for for fans of my age group, it we sort of had to be, I don't want to say convinced, but we sort of had to see the development. We had to see the character grow and change and become this wonderful, wonderful character who now is beloved by the fans of every generation, by fans of every age group. And and I think that's the biggest takeaway from this movie and the, and the biggest thing I can say about, you know, going back to watch it again is is I know the end game now for, for well, not Ahsoka's end game necessarily, but the growth of that character and her development and, and it's so vital and, and going back and seeing where that starts and realizing that, that you know, Ahsoka has a similar path to Anakin. In a, in a lot of senses, you know, uh, the, the the sort of overconfidence, this this uh, this high opinion of herself, of her abilities, uh, of thinking that because she can wield the force, she can control it and 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 do the impossible. And we see in later episodes of this show, and we will get to them, how that doesn't always work in her favor, and and how she has to learn lessons the hard way. And that's a key thing because one of the things that a fan at the time could have criticized about these early episodes and in this movie is like Ahsoka doesn't have any learn any lessons. She doesn't have um, any any uh, consequences for her actions. Uh, it, it seems like she kind of gets off the hook in the beginning. But there are key development points for Ahsoka that, that we will get into and there will be so much fun to talk about. And that's I think that's what I like about going back and rewatching this movie is is like wow Ahsoka is so different from the Ahsoka that we know from later in in, in the Clone Wars from the Ahsoka that we meet in Star Wars Rebels to the Ahsoka that we finally see again in live action on the Mandalorian this past season so really wonderful stuff a really wonderful character to to grow with and see that development it just uh, I, I I've been saying it for a long time. The Clone Wars is, is is character development at its finest. And and this was a show that, because I think people had a negative reaction to this initial Clone Wars movie, they overlooked the series when it came on, on Cartoon Network, you know, later in 2008. They, they were like, well, I didn't like that movie, I didn't like that Ahsoka Tano, and I'm not going to watch a show with that character because, you know, X reason, Y reason, whatever. And, and, and so, it took a little time for that show to get traction, I think. It... it, it it had loyalists like me who were going to watch it no matter what, no matter what our feelings were. And, and we were just going to, I, you know, I, I remember, I can't, I can't speak for all of fandom. I remember my perspective was, like, well, I'm going to watch this because it's Star Wars. And I like what they did with so many of the other characters. I like this heroic version of Anakin. I like this version of Obi-Wan. I mean, I loved Obi-Wan, so it didn't really matter. I was, I'm an Obi-Wan fanatic, so I was in from the get-go. But I, I, I liked what they were doing with the clones. I wanted to see more of the clone stuff. And, uh, aside from Ahsoka, the the clone focused episodes of of the of the, of this series are some of my favorites as well. So it's it's uh, it's again, I'm saying it a lot. It's going to be fun to revisit these 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 kind of pivotal episodes in all of these these characters, Captain Rex and Ahsoka, and there's great stuff with Obi Wan and huge stuff with Anakin. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to explore, and we're going to talk about how this show. Uh, sort of does what they couldn't really do as clearly in the prequel films as as we would have liked them to, which was sort of illustrate the the cleverness, the the sort of deceptive trap that Darth Sidious lured the Jedi into. 
and again, I've mentioned it on uh, prior episodes of The Mandalorian and, and, and on the TomCast podcast, the brilliance of, of, of Sidious's plan in, in basically tricking the Jedi into using a slave army. Come on. And the Jedi, only only a handful of Jedi ever see it. Um, and it, it's it's just, again, we'll talk about those episodes. You know, when we get into the clone focus episodes, we'll talk more about Sidious's plans and, and uh, sort of his way of, of obscuring the Jedi from seeing correctly with the light side of the Force. It, it's, it's, Sidious has a more intricate plan than he gets credit for, but uh, because people know episodes two and three, I guess one, two, and three, if you want to count them all, they don't see the sort of subtle brilliance of 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 the prequels. And and I've maintained this for for years, and I'm glad that you can now watch that clip on YouTube of Dave Filoni where he's explaining all this stuff uh, that I've been saying, but no one wants to listen to me because. And I don't want to. I'm not claiming that I'm smart. Other people know this too. <laughs> If you if you if you really want to get a, I don't want to say it's like redemptive for the for the prequels, but the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, uh, very. It 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 explains in detail. Exactly what Sidious has done. And how it affects the Force, and how it affects the Jedi, and why it was so cunning and brilliant, and and how they never saw it coming. And and we see that played out in this show. It's wonderful. But let's talk about the movie. I've been talking about so much other stuff but the movie. So we have to talk about the beginning of this flick, right? We have to talk about... I mean, it starts off simple enough. Rota the Hutt, the Hutling, Jabba the Hutt's son, has been kidnapped. He calls to the Republic for aid in finding him. He wants the Jedi to find his... His little, his little uh, pumpkin muffin, and and that is the impetus for our adventure. The Jedi are reluctant to help Jabba because he's a gangster, but the Republic wants to make this deal with Jabba so that they can get access to the hyperlanes that go out to the Outer Rim, which is where much of the intense battles of the Clone Wars are being fought on the Outer Rims, Outer Rim of the galaxy where m- uh, many of the Separatist forces are. You know, the, the a bunch of the Republic is consolidated in the center of the galaxy. It's those outer rim territories that want to break away and become their own separate entity from the Republic. So it's at this point I want to ask uh, a little question of, of all you wonderful, kind people that are listening to the show. What was your first reaction to to the animation in, in, the, in, the, in the film? I mean, you know, it was the first attempt to do Star Wars in a sort of 3D computer animated sort of animation. Uh, how did you, how did you feel about that the first time you saw it? I know for me it was a little I don't know if jarring is the right word, but it did take a little a little getting used to. Uh, and I think they sort of refined that animation over time and as the series went on. Uh, going back and watching the Clone Wars movie, you can, you can see it's not quite as uh, smooth not quite as well as well rounded. I think there's a couple shading issues as well with some of the characters, uh, but they seem to put a little bit more polish on it moving forward. They kind of tweak it as they go, and it's it's not big, huge, sweeping changes. It's all very subtle, but I, I think when you see the animation in later seasons compared to the movie, you do see a, a sort of a development, a, a sort of improvement. Like I said, a little polish on the, on that animation. Uh, I remember reading some movie reviews when it first came out too, and a lot of critics were very harsh. On, on the animation, and I don't know, I think there was sort of a, 
Star Wars fatigue at that point. You know, people, the, the it wasn't that long before the prequels had wrapped up. Revenge of the Sith came out in like 2000, well, 2003. So I guess there was a, a little bit of a gap in time. But I, I think people still kind of felt burned by the by the prequels uh, in, in a lot of senses, you know, especially the older generations who, who weren't as crazy about it, you know. And, and you, you, you can't deny that the prequels are very reliant on computer technology, on computer graphics, computer technology, as opposed to the practical effects that were so wonderful and so endearing in that in that first se- in in that first series. Uh, so I, I think some critics looked on this movie a little bit more harshly than they should have because of things like that. Uh, I have no proof of that, but that's just a theory that I'm working under. Let me know what you think. Uh, so the the you know we're not we're not going to do a beat by beat sort of situation. Right, so we're not gonna we're not gonna go beat by beat here and break down every little single uh, element of the story here. You know, we we meet up with Obi Wan and Anakin on Christophsis. They're fighting the droid army. There, there's. I think the battle scenes are really cool. I think they're really good looking. Um, the again, you get to see some of the personality of the clones to a certain extent. Not not to the depth that you will later on in the show, but it, it kind of offers you a a. Uh, a, a good entry point for for D, D Bradley Baker's uh, uh, Captain Rex and Commander Cody and and the rest of the clones and sort of how they will all be a little different. We even catch up with Oddball, who I believe makes an appearance in uh, Revenge of the Sith too in that opening sequence. So uh, a, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, we are introduced to uh, Asajj Ventress, Count Dooku, Darth Sidious. We get all of our dark side of the Force representatives. Uh, I don't know. There are some really good Ventress episodes down the road, so I don't want to talk too much about her necessarily because I think we're going to have a really good chance to to kind of dive in into Ventress and, and, and her role and everything, where she comes from, who she is, uh, her her desire to be a Sith, but is, is rebuffed by the rule of two, so she can only be uh, Dooku's lackey, for back, lack of a better word. Uh, uh Again, some good stuff with Ventures coming up. We'll talk more about her. There's some stuff I, I gotta double check some of the some of the mythology because there was some really great stuff with Ventress and Obi Wan in the Star Wars Clone Wars comic book series that Dark Horse was putting out at the time. But I don't recall if they have allowed that to stay part of continuity or if they, they if they push that out. So I, I gotta kinda double check some stuff on that. But again, that that'll be stuff for later episodes when we when we get to talk more about Ventress. But I think I think Ventress is is a is, is a fun character. They connect her back to some old mythology. And, and again, like we've talked about in The Mandalorian, you know, Clone Wars was one of the first things to bring in old canon, old old mythology that was uh, uh, kind of thrown out at at a, at a certain point. Now, Grant, no, hold on. Hold on. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. But Tom Disney hadn't bought Lucasfilm and Star Wars yet, and you're absolutely right. So that mythology was, was still exist. It still existed. It was still technically in play. Uh, but Dave Filoni and George Lucas and, and the and the, and the team, the creative people behind this this show, didn't have to bring in Dathomir if they didn't like elements of it and, and they wanted to explore that more fully. So, the, Filoni and 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 I, I think it's I want to give all credit to Filoni and, and maybe some of the other writers. Um, for 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 taking that old expanded universe canon and and finding pieces of it that they wanted to use in their show, uh, no no matter what, and 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 using it to enrich their show and enrich their characters, so so a wonderful thing there. Again, we're jumping ahead because we're talking about Dathomir and 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 Ventress more, 
we'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, I, I wanted to bring up Ventress because I love... She has a, a fun di- dynamic with both Anakin and Obi-Wan. There's great lightsaber fights between the two of them, between Anakin, between Obi-Wan and Ventress. Uh, a lot of really fun stuff. I sort of jumped ahead again, too, because we didn't talk about the initial encounter with, with Ahsoka when she arrives after that initial battle at Christophsis. When 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 she exits the the, the carrier craft, and, and uh, Obi Wan is at least pretending that he's the one getting a new, a new apprentice, and then she delivers the news that Master Yoda wanted her to be Anakin's Padawan, and the, the sort of surprise that 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 goes through. Um, it's interesting because like yes, that's definitely how it kind of felt when when we last saw Anakin in Attack of the Clones. Like he didn't seem the sort of Jedi who was going to be a teacher. So this was sort of an interesting uh, dynamic role shift for him, and it was it was something that kind of came out of left field. And I know the, one of the big criticisms, one of the big concerns with this was going to be, well, what the hell happens to this character? She clearly dies because we don't see her in Attack of the Clones. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, you ultimately know the final fate. Well, not the final fate, but you know Ahsoka's fate as as far as that goes. Why she's not talked about or referenced or featured in Attack of the Clones. And it's almost like they had a plan from the beginning, and we just we just didn't see it because we were so impatient. It's it's really silly that 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 was the the big hang up that people one of the big hang ups that people have with that character is like, well, clearly she's gonna die. And I'm like, no, that doesn't mean anything. Come on, there's a lot that can happen in the Star Wars galaxy. There's it's a wild, raucous place, and people make decisions, not always good ones, not always bad ones. But it, well, it's Star Wars, mostly bad decisions. Let's be honest. So yes, we are introduced to Ahsoka. She's sort of uh, brash and precocious, a little overconfident, maybe a touch of, of, of arrogance about her, but not in a in a bad way. She never comes across as uh, as a, she never comes across as a bad character with bad intentions or anything like that. Uh, uh, you know, the likability factor may be a little low because she's a little intense, a little in your face, uh, a little over the top, but that's, you know, that's to be expected, right? So again, I, I am a little curious what what everyone's first reactions to, to the introduction of Ahsoka were. I suspect it was it's it's a fairly generational thing. Uh, older fans like myself brushed up against her sort of disrespect for, for particularly for Anakin, but she sort of is, is disrespectful to other characters, and, and we'll talk about that more because there's other episodes where that comes through more. Uh, and again, we talked about it. It's Seems to be by design. I, I think... I, oh, God. I don't even remember if I finished my point on that. It seemed to be by design that Filoni did this. They wanted to be able to control the narrative of Ahsoka Tano. And they were aware that the fans weren't going to like her at first. And they very specifically had 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 it charted out how this character was going to grow and develop and become a, a character that the fans would like. And and it seemed like they, they knew all the steps that were necessary and, and they seemed very aware of what had to be done to make it happen. And they pulled it off masterfully. And again, we will talk about that more in detail as we get to those key uh, linchpin episodes for Ahsoka's character and, and the way she grows and changes. And again, goes from a character who not a lot of people liked at the beginning to that fan favorite character. But, but yes, we're introduced to her fairly quickly. She quickly joins Anakin. They sort of have a, a competitive rivalry throughout this movie. Uh... But they butt heads a lot at the same time, and it, 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 it's a lot of a lot of it's because they are very similar in many ways. But Anakin is the older 
and wiser Jedi, and and, and her sort of overconfidence leads to leads to many of their clashes of, of, of character and of personality. But but again, we grow. We're t- we're focused about this movie, so it's a little rough for me. Again, I say I say this going back and watching this now, it's not as bad as it was the first time. I don't bump up against it, but that's because I know what's coming. So so, you know, anyone in the audience listening who's younger than me, and uh, you know, maybe you were ten, twelve, younger, and and you first saw Soka. Were were you in from the get go? Were you were you along for the ride? Um, I'm, I am, I am curious about that. I don't, I don't, I don't know enough younger Star Wars fans. I work with a lot of younger people, but they are not Star Wars fans. So it's kind of hard to have a, con- a conversation about, Hey, how did you feel about Ahsoka Tano when you were 12? <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point with some of my coworkers. And again, many of them not Star Wars fans at all. They are way too cool for Star Wars, I guess. Though I think that makes them nerds because they don't like Star Wars. So I guess as Obi-Wan says, it's all about a certain point of view, right? Anyways. Listen, let's break this movie down as far as 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 the plot. Listen, I like we don't need to go again. We're not going to go beat by beat here because the movie's straightforward enough. Jawa's kid's been captured. They have to rescue the kid. Do- Count Dooku and Sidious, they have a plot to to uh, uh, frame the Jedi for the whole thing. And so I want I want to talk about this plot here because I I tried to break this down in as, in as simple terms as I could for this movie. And listen, it's Star Wars. I've read enough of the novels. I've read enough of the comic books. And by enough, I mean basically all of. Uh, to know that, that the bad guys often have crazy, convoluted plans. And, and, and this is no different. So I tried to boil it down uh, in, into just, just a couple lines here on my notepad. So let me, let, me, let me read this to you. All right. Zero aids Dooku to kidnap Rota so that Jabba will call the Republic slash Jedi to aid him while Dooku attempts to frame the Jedi for killing Rota so that the Jedi will then come for Jabba and Zero becomes the leader of the Hut clans and a puppet for Count Dooku. That's pretty much the, the boiled down version of this plot. Now, I get it. You know, Count Dooku wants a, 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 a puppet Hut leader so he kind of has sway over over the, the the crime lords in the galaxy uh he controls those hyperlanes to go out to the outer rim um but i let me know am i oversimplifying this when i say couldn't count dooku have just taken a bucket like a dump truck full of republic credits and dropped it off at java's place and be like hey we're gonna use those uh hyperspace lanes are you cool with that here's some cash I sort of feel like Jabba would have been amenable to that. Um, he is a gangster. They they do like money. Um, you know, maybe he at some point, you know, maybe Dooku foresaw that, that Jabba would eventually try to uh, play the Republic against him and, and get more money out of him. And he just decided, you know what, I'm going to put my own hut in control of the, of the hut clans and we'll go from there. It's a complicated plot. And it relies on a lot of a, a, a lot of factors that seem to be beyond Dooku's control. But he is Count Dooku. He is extremely overconfident in in the abilities of of himself and Ventress and a bunch of droids who are not very good tacticians. So yeah, I, I guess if you want to criticize the movie in a, in a negative light, aside from you know Ahsoka being somewhat abrasive in in her opening appearance, you you could go after the plot pretty easily. 
I think it's held together by some really nice action pieces, some really fun uh, lightsaber stuff, uh, good piloting scenes. Uh, you get the, you get Tatooine, you get the desert, you get those uh, uh, those uh, what are they? Those I want to say lava droids, but I don't think that's right. It's um, you know those bodyguards that Grievous has, and we haven't even talked about 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 uh, Grievous, General Grievous, one of the. Listen, I'm not going to be kind to General Grievous. I think General Grievous is a turd of a character. But we'll talk more about that. He doesn't even make an appearance in this movie, but I do believe he is in the, the first episode of the actual series. So we will get time to explore uh, General Grievous and, and all the not great things about General Grievous and why he is, in my opinion, not a great Star Wars character. As opposed to the characters that we, we get introduced to. But again, Ahsoka, not great at first. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this movie is... is and again, I'm, I'm, I am uh, fortunate to have perspective because I know where Ahsoka gets to. So going back and watching this has been fun. And, and so if anyone out there hasn't gone back to watch Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, maybe now's a good time. If, if you've watched through Clone Wars, if you've watched through Rebels, and if you've watched through The Mandalorian, which I'm assuming you all have because we're all here for the same reason, right? Pop on The Clone Wars and see what you think. Uh, especially if you uh, if you were sort of shook by your, by your introduction to, to the character and, and, and you know whatever feelings you had at first, especially if they were negative feelings. Are they still as strong as they were when you watched it the first time? Or do your feel do your feelings for do those strong negative feelings lessen because you know the journey that that character is about to go on and and the changes and and the the the, the difficulties she will have to overcome in in her quest to become a Jedi. Um, I think that's the most interesting part of of this movie when you, when you go back and watch it again is is sort of seeing how it's going to be constructed. You know, these are the first steps. Of, of of a Jedi's um, of of a hero's journey, basically. I mean, this is like this is Joe Campbell stuff right here. I mean, the hero's quest kind of begins here, and and each of these characters has their own quest and their own arcs. Uh, it just happens that Ahsoka's is it starts off in a position of she has to work her way into our hearts, sort of sort of thing. It's it's not she's not endearing off the bat the way that many characters on the hero's journey are. Uh, that likability is not as strong because she's so abrasive to the established characters. And I think that's the hard part that people needed to wrap their heads around. Well, not that they needed to wrap their heads around, but that's how Filoni and Lucas and the writers decided to, to make the fans like her, that they were going to, they were going to do this on purpose. They were going to bounce her off of those characters in a way that was unexpected and unlikable to a lot of people. And I, I, again, I think it worked masterfully. I, again, I remember my feelings after seeing this movie, and I was like, I don't know about the Ahsoka characters, this whole Padawan thing. It sounds like a disaster, but I'm going to watch it. And I was so glad I did. I was so glad I did. And I, and I spent many, many a year uh, convincing Star Wars fans that uh, if they weren't watching The Clone Wars, they had to go back. And remember, for a long time, it was available on Netflix to watch. And I think it got a lot of legs on Netflix, you know? Uh, for a long time, you remember, Netflix was one of the only streaming services available. And so... People had Netflix, and they just watched The Clone Wars, especially once it started streaming, and you didn't have to send for discs anymore. Whew. So yeah, the journey the journey of Ahsoka, and, and it's fun to go back and see it these, these first steps, because again, not good. <laughs> but 
But knowing that Filoni and, and, and Lucas and, and the talented team of writers and, and, and people behind the scenes, that they had a plan. So wonderful, so refreshing. And I liked what, uh, again, I liked what they did with the other characters too. I am a sucker for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Give me more Obi-Wan Kenobi stories. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I, I love that character. And I loved the getting to see this heroic Anakin, this, this sort of version that we were promised back in, in, in A New Hope when Obi-Wan told those stories to Luke. And now we finally get to see the promise of it. You know, uh, in, in, the, in the prequel films, we get an Anakin uh, in emotional turmoil in, in, in most of these films. You know, it, it, it's rare that he's just the great warrior, great pilot that we've seen. There's flashes of it. But, you know, in episode two, they kill his mom. So he, he's tempted to the dark side. In episode three, it's 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 Sidious completing the, the seduction of Anakin to the dark side of the Force. This show shows us the great Jedi warrior that Anakin is and why he is a wonderful character and why his fall is so tragic. You know, maybe it's not as... as, 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 as I, th I think in the films, it's a little too understated sometimes, the, 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 the sort of corruption and the seduction of, of Anakin to the dark side of the Force. This show does a great job of, of showing... Him going those directions, him, him, the, the push and pull of the light and the dark on Anakin. And again, I can't wait to get into those episodes with you. But this is a strong start. This movie gives a strong start to Anakin's journey and, and, a, and a more noble, more heroic Anakin Skywalker. We also get uh, uh, Padme. Padme's always been a solid character. So her inclusion in the show is great. I love getting to see, obviously, R2-D2 is a big part of the show. C-3PO is a big part of the show. Great to have Anthony Daniels on board for the movie. I, I, I can't remember if he sticks around for the entire series or not. Or I'll, I'll, I will have to double check on, on some of those facts. I'm sure some of you guys guys and gals out there are listening already know the answer to that. But uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll present the information if you don't. <laughs> so it's going to be a good time. So I, I, th I think what I want to do, uh, which is different than what I've done with the Mandalorian episodes, uh, is, is I think I want to start giving that uh, like a rating, right? Should we should we do like a rating system for the for the Clone Wars movie and then the various episodes of the show, and 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 I mean, what do you think? Should we do it out of ten? I'm leaning towards doing it out of ten, and and I think I want to now listen. I, <laughs> it's so funny because you know when I saw this movie, I think I would have given it like a five, like a really solid five. Uh, I think now though on on subsequent re reviewings and again. Uh, finding Ahsoka's character be, to be less abrasive because I know the journey she's about to go on. I think it's a, it's, I think it's a six, maybe a six and a half. What, what do you, what do you, what do you all think of that? Would, would you be down with, with a six and a half version, or do you think I'm crazy and I'm being way too harsh on 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 certain elements of this movie? And I'm judging this. This isn't so much based as as a reaction to Ahsoka because again, like we said, I know her journey. I know where she's gonna go. So, I'm basing this mostly on the plot. Mostly on the plot, a couple of, of like, semi-rough pieces of animation and, and some shading things. Um, but I think a six. And also, I think also partially, I, I may be also a little bit jaded too because I know how great the show gets. There are, there are episodes that are 10 out of 10s, easily. And, and it'll be fun to discuss those. But, you know, moving forward... If you're gonna go on the journey with me and rewatch these as as we're as we're breaking them down as as, as we're having this this conversation about them, season one's rough. Season one is 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 a is a bit of a drag, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a process. But we're in this together, 
and 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 together we will get to the other side and we will make it to season two where things start getting start picking up really nicely and getting really really solid, really really entertaining. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. So yeah, I think I'm gonna give Star Wars: The Clone Wars the movie a six and a half out of ten. It it, it has aged a little bit better than I thought it would uh, because again because I know I know too much. I know too much. If it's your first time watching it, by all means, I'd love to hear your your thoughts, your reactions. Tell me, let me know what you think. Am I crazy? Is it a seven? Is it eight? Is it a nine? Is it a ten? Or do you, do you, do you still not like it? Is it a one? Is it a two? I'd love to hear you. You know where to find me, Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Well, I think we did it. I think you know. Again, we didn't do the the blow by blows on here, and I guess the only other criticism I had. You know what? I, I will share two criticisms real quickly that I, I did write down uh, because uh, there was a couple things that were weird. Okay, so in the, in the section where, where Anakin and the Republic forces are held up at the monastery and the droids are coming and they're going to take the hutlet back from Anakin and the Republic forces lock themselves in the monastery. But then the droids cut the lock to get in. Why is the lock on the outside? You know, it's 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 a it's a... It's a Star Wars lock, so it's it's one of those you know, robotic tech thingies, right? So why do you lock a door from the outside, and 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 that just seemed weird to me. Uh, and then uh, I thought it seemed like now perhaps there is is an assertion to be made that Count Dooku was exerting some 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 force pokes at Jabba the Hutt, but Jabba seems like really easy to manipulate in, in this episode like he goes from from he just buys everything that doku's dooku is selling him you know he's like oh show me the evidence and you know he, he yes doku dooku produces some evidence but uh uh it clearly could have been manufactured you know does just jump the head spend time to verify any of this stuff no 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 it's just oh send those uh, send these bounty hunters out to kill everyone because i clearly this guy has nothing to gain from showing me this information so I thought it was a little interesting how Jabba was uh, completely, uh, completely, and totally manipulated by Count Dooku into doing exactly what he wanted him to do. Boo to that! I also would like to discuss, as we as we get out of here, let's talk about. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about let's talk about Rota the Hut. All right. First of all, this is Rota's only appearance in Star Wars: The Clone Wars. He's never to be seen again. Uh, he's briefly mentioned in, in a couple of episodes. Now, I'm curious as to why that is. Uh, I, I think there is something that says that Rota is 10 as as this story takes place. And and Huts obviously have a longer lifespan, uh, much in the way that the Baby Yoda situation is. So Rota's 10, even though he looks like a, a, a small baby. And apparently, according to the lore, uh, many Hutlings spend the first 50 years was it fifty or twenty, of uh, uh, fifty or twenty, twenty or fifty, with their with their 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 hut uh, mates in 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 a, in a brood patch is what I believe it was called. Uh, but Jabba wanted his son to see the galaxy and and, and I guess you know sh- show him the empire that he would one day inherit. So are we going to see Road of the Hut in the Mandalorian? Is that a possibility? Will that be this character's big return? I have no idea. I just thought it was interesting that that Rhoda never came to be anything else ever again in it, through through the history of Star Wars: The Clone Wars, through the history of of Rebels. 
no mention ever again in anything. And I'm very curious about that. Uh, you know, you can't even find, uh, you know, going on Wikipedia and, and looking up details. You know, it's it's still assumed he's out there. You know, there's there's no, there's no belief that he's been been murdered or, or or killed at any point. But perhaps, perhaps we're looking at at a future nemesis for Boba Fett in the Book of Fett, Book of Boba Fett. I don't know. Wild speculation, maybe. But wouldn't that be something if? If this Hutling that we are introduced to in Star Wars The Clone Wars now becomes uh, a major player against Boba Fett in, in the new Boba Fett series. So that's some fun spe- speculation. Uh, and then another thing I wanted to talk about, too, was, um, I you know, again, 2008, if that's, you know, uh, that is the year I choose to believe this came out, not 2007, like, like Disney Plus is saying. Uh, 2008 was a different world, for sure. You know, Star Wars was definitely a big deal. But, you know, in the, in the, in the intervening, what, 13 years, uh, uh, Star Wars has permeated the culture in, in an all-new way, to all-new heights. You know, the, the, the sale to, to Disney, the, the the sequel trilogy, you know, Rogue One, Solo, a, a whole slew of new movies, live-action movies. Uh, obviously, The Mandalorian is a huge deal. You have the, the park rides at Disney World and Disneyland. So Star Wars is bigger than ever. So looking back at 2008, you, I, I, I had to be curious, and this might be a 2020-2021 perspective, but in 2008, do you think they thought that uh, like a, a baby baby hut was going to be like a super cute idea and would like capture the zeitgeist of popular culture the way that uh, the way that baby Yoda has? I. <laughs> Food for thought, right? Like, I mean, were they really thinking that that Rota was gonna be like, "Oh man, we're gonna sell some serious toys off of this thing," or was it just, you know, was it what it was—a a sort of disposable character that wouldn't be touched upon for the next, you know, for the duration of the of the show? I'm very curious, but I, I couldn't help watching it and thinking, "Is like, okay, Baby Hut, Baby Yoda, who wins in the cute off?" And I think it's a landslide for for uh, young Grogu. Uh, but it, it is funny to watch that that, and, and sort of think about uh, little Grogu uh, in, in comparison to a little Hutling. <laughs> Weird, wild stuff, you know what I mean? Well, listen, I think I've said everything I need to say about, about this show, and, and uh, that's a good thing. Because we got a lot more to say because we have so many more shows to watch. I mean, there's something like 133 episodes of The Clone Wars. So it's going to be really awesome to dive into all this stuff. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a blast doing this. We got seven seasons of this show to watch. Uh, we're going to be back next week. We're going to be talking about uh, the episode entitled Ambush. It's gonna be again. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna go. We're gonna go one at a time. So the episodes will be shorter in, in, in duration. I'm hoping to do 30, 40 minute episodes. Uh, again, I don't think we'll be doing commentary tracks or anything like that. And we don't. We, we may not necessarily be doing a blow by blow recapping of every episode. But we're gonna talk about the key moments, the interesting parts of the episode. And then, assuming I remember, we're gonna we're gonna rate them, and we're gonna, we're gonna kind of rank the seasons as as we go. And again, like I said, season one. It's a bit of a rough watch, so I think we know where season one's going to end up on the, in the, on the grand scheme of things. But it's going to be fun to go back and, and, and check it all out again. Uh, so with that being said, I want to thank everyone for taking the time and, and listening to, this, to the show. Uh, I, 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 I said it before at the end of the year. It's been so much fun uh, to, do, to do Mandovision. I have a really great time. 
I, I would, I would, I think one day I'd like to have have a guest come on with me. Uh, but I have so much fun doing this by myself and just just chatting with other like minded Star Wars fans. I mean, this is it's sort of the dream. This is this is um this is what I used to do on Wednesday nights at the comic book store in 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 Rockville, Maryland. You know, it was 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 stay after hours after I'd purchased all my books and just talk with you know pop culture fans. I mean, we were all Star Wars enthusiasts. You know, talk about the latest Dark Horse comics that were coming out at the time because that was the only source of Star Wars material we had. Uh, just, just fun stuff like that. So I, I've had a blast doing the show. Uh, it, it seems like we're getting uh, wonderful numbers of people listening to the show. I hope everyone is enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying making it, uh, because it is my absolute pleasure to 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 uh, to, to make the show. So I, I again, I hope you're liking it. I know today's was a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. It <laughs> I didn't have as as solid as a game plan as I normally do when I'm breaking down the Mandalorian. Uh, but we're going to be able to, now that we're past the, the, the movie, I think we're going to be able to move forward and, and do just fine. So, so get that, get ready, make sure your buckets are, are, are nearby. Cause we're going to be cranking these episodes out at least once a week for, for the year. We're going to, we're going to try to get through season one as fast as we can. So maybe two a week. We'll see how, we'll see how time goes. Uh, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. My name is Tom. This is MandoVision. Be sure to follow us on Social media, we are at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter, Instagram. We are available to listen to as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, uh, several others, including our, our host site, uh, Transistor FM, and, and, and uh, many other places. And if there's a platform we are not on yet, let me know, and I will make sure to get us on there as quick as I can, uh, because I want to make sure you guys are listening to us where you want to listen to us. Don't don't be inconvenienced. I'll go where you want me to. It's totally fine. Uh, so, as we close out, thank you for listening. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>